Hello and welcome to the Cadaver Lab Podcast, episode 16. I'm Mike. And I am Sam. Today we are going to be talking about... Unconditional, I'm sorry, <laughs> unconventional vampire movies. Right. And we, we've got three of them. we got three good ones today. But as usual, we've got a lot of stuff to cover, so do you have anything to BS about? I mean, that's typically what we start off doing. I could tell my Walmart story about my daughter. Tell your, That is so damn funny. <laughs> we were at Walmart, and... Uh, my daughter, we were walking in. You know how they have the Walmart greeters? Well, there was this uh, this teenage boy sitting in a wheelchair, severely handicapped, right? And uh, he welcomed us in his in his voice. And, and I could tell my 7-year-old daughter was just churning in her head trying to figure out. Just She was thinking about something. And I just kept thinking, oh, please don't say anything, please don't say anything. So we get going, and we're, we're walking around the store a little bit, and I could tell something's just really bugging her. So I'm like, hey, well, what's going on? What are you worried about? She's like, Daddy, I'm really worried that. That boy, his mommy left him. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in that chair up right at the yeah, entrance. right at the front of the store. <laughs> nice. So the whole time she was worried that he had lost his mom. So anyway. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, so I'm listening to the Midnight Horror Show podcast today. They put out two episodes a week. Oh my gosh. Typically. So, you know, sometimes they'll miss and it's not every single week. But most of the time they put out two episodes a week. That's impressive. How long are they? Uh... Over an hour. Oh, okay. You know they're they're shorter than ours, but they put two out a week. Mm. They're always really good. But I was listening to it, and Frey, he's he's kind of the third guy that always puts in his uh, his clips over the top. He doesn't sit with them and talk with them or anything like that. But he'll put in you know a clip after the fact, to, like correct the guys and whatever. Well, what he decided to do this week is uh, talk about a couple of other podcasts, and you came up. I did. Yes, you did. Oh, no. Well, no, please don't tell well, me. Well, what he did, he, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, I think it was Jay Emmett called in and said that you sound like Scott Mosier. Oh, yeah, from, I remember um, that. the Schmodcast, Kevin Smith's yeah. podcast. Yeah. I've never listened to it, so I don't know. Right. But, uh, yeah, you, you, you made it. You made it onto the Midnight Horror wow, Show. Wow, man. Yeah. Awesome. Way to go. I'd have to listen to, to Scott Mosier a little more before I make my final determination. Yeah, I better you know, go check that like out. Him. But anyway, yeah. I could probably get into his voice recognized uh, pad. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I'm leaving that. No, in. you're not. <laughs> anyway, so I thought that would. I thought that was kind of funny that we made it on there. Everyone, go out and check out that show because it, it's great. Those guys are funny, even though Lucas thinks doesn't like us very much. I don't think he likes us personally. I, I you know, because we're competition. He doesn't like that. Oh, really? Douchebag. No, just teasing. <laughs> just teasing, Lucas. It's not like you're going to hear this anyway. Huh. Huh. I'm just kidding with you. Uh, you know, one thing is is uh, is we've been putting out these shows. A lot of people are asking what music, what what's the title of the songs that we've been playing, and whatnot, and uh, we need to get better at planning that before we go into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will. We've we've been getting quite a few emails. In episode 15, we played a song by Mr. Bungle off their self-titled album called Carnival, and uh, in episode 14, we played Lamb of God off their Sacrament album, and it was a tune called Redneck. So everyone go check those guys out. Both songs dominate, obviously. We, we can play whatever we want. That's right. Even though uh, we're, we're, we're scared the, of getting caught. We're only playing the uh, the best of the best. As it applies to us. Yes. Anyway, what else do we have here? Okay, Keith Latch, back in the news. Good. He's out with a new novella called Sleepwalkers. If you go to cadaverlab.com, right on the front page, you can. We have a little write up about Sleepwalkers. Um, it's a. Bra- I don't. You know, I actually don't know exactly when he wrote this. I think he's still f- trying to finish it up. I'm not quite sure though. But he put a free podcast out 
I don't know, I just want to let everybody know about it. I've listened to the first two episodes and it's really good. Uh, go up to keithlatch.wordpress.com or search for it on iTunes. Search for it under Sleepwalker. Uh, you might be able to get it under Mind of Madness because hmm. that's his new moniker. He's going to, you know, I guess he's just going to release all sorts of books under that name. Or else go to keithlatch.com. Of course, everything you need is going to be right there. Let me read a little snippet from it. And I'm going to read it in my ultimately suspenseful voice. Night after night, beautiful young women are murdered in the city of Memphis. Home of the Blues and the shittiest NBA team in the league. <laughs> All right, that NBA part wasn't there. The police have no clue and will lock him down to Detective Renee Juilliard, a tough, gritty woman, not very well liked among her colleagues, to save the city from the fear that continues to build like an enraged hurricane. I thought that said engorged for a moment. Keith, I'm sorry. I'm screwing this up. If you're listening, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll finish. Tim Seal, a married newspaper editor, is having trouble sleeping. Morning after morning, however, he awakes with his clothing damaged and sometimes even blood on his hands. As he begins his own private investigation, he learns things he wishes he hadn't. Because when Tim Seal closes his eyes, evil awakens. Oh my gosh. Now, even though I'm a dumbass and was trying to make jokes, go out and check it out. Keith Latch is not only... A very talented author, but he's a really cool guy, too. So. Where, did, where did you say that was happening in? Uh, Memphis. Memphis, oh, Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we're really glad that uh, I could work an NBA joke. Cause it, I'm, we're getting... I was trying to figure out what you were talking about, the Blues. I thought you were talking about the uh, hockey team. Oh, that's the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Isn't it? Anyway, so everyone go out there. Visit KeithLatch.com. Go to WordPre- or KeithLatch.wordpress.com. We need to support this guy. He's all, his stuff is really good, and he's giving it away for free, so do it. Do it! Anyway, I didn't. I didn't mean to threaten. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of that's kind of all I've got. Uh, I do want to shout out, uh, give a shout out to Drunken Zombie for fifty episodes. Nice Those work, guys are badass. You know what the thing is about these guys is, uh, not only do they have their regular podcast, which is awesome, and uh, they have Drunken Zombie TV where they're actually going and uh, videotape themselves interviewing horror icons or you know people who they'll catch at uh, you know horror conventions or whatnot speaking of horror conventions mark 20 march 27th through 29th nice we're still going i think so i looked up how much it's going to be oh how much what do you mean you think so i'm not sure yet well go ask the wife we know (laughs) the wife has said no so far oh well i gotta i gotta work on that i got three months the wife needs to say yes because i'm I'm, i've already i've almost almost decided to book some stuff (laughs) today i looked it up we found some great deals oh really four nights in a hotel plus uh uh flight would be seven hundred bucks. Ooh, that's expensive. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. yeah. That maybe we can find something better. I don't know. Anyway, we should be able to. We'll figure it out. Well, for you, yeah, for me. That's why I'm, I guess that's why I'm thinking that's expensive. I'll kill you. Anyway, <laughs> just wanted to to say good job to those guys and make sure to go check them out at drunkenzombie.com. Anyways, that's all. That's all I wanted to mention today. Uh, I like it. Yeah, you got. You have anything, or should we go into? We got a shitload I, we, yeah, of voicemails. I was going to say we got to get to the voicemails because I think there's some good stuff in there. Hey there, Cadaver Lab. Uh, this is Brian from Drunken Zombie. You are going to start hating it when I call. Uh, just listen to your Johnny Depp episode, and I have some notes, but it's not going to make anybody very happy. Um, so let's just run down real quick. Uh, first of all. Uh, the movie uh, Sleepy Hollow. Fantastic movie. I love that movie. Uh, Tim Burton uh, always does a good job. Uh, and he just does a really good job with the story, really creepy and everything. Uh, 
But you were running down the uh, the old guys that were sort of in the uh, parlor or whatever when Johnny Depp shows up. Um, and you mentioned uh, principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, convicted pedophile. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for whatever that's worth. Uh, since he's a bit part actor, though, I think it's uh, it's still okay to uh, to enjoy the movie since he doesn't taint it that much with his pedophilia. But, yeah, so I don't know what's up with that. But uh, apparently a lot of uh, Mike's favorite movies are uh, just full of pedophiles. So I don't know if it's more disturbing that all of your favorite movies have pedophiles in them or are directed by pedophiles or the fact that I know all these people are pedophiles. I don't know which one's more terrifying. Uh, From Hell, great movie. I love that movie. Uh, I'm really big into Jack the Ripper. I love Jack the Ripper stuff just because the whole thing's really intriguing because you know nobody ever really found out who it was, and I think that just led to a lot of mystery, too, which I think is awesome. Uh, if you look around online, and I'll have to remember to email these to you if I can't, if, uh, if I think about it, you can find actual uh, crime scene photographs from the last uh, murder for Jack the Ripper. Uh, photography was just coming into use back then, so there's only a couple photographs from the crime scene, but you can find them usually online, and uh, it's uh, pretty gory, because it's supposed to be, what's her name, uh, Mary Riley, or Mary Shelley, or whatever the hell her name is, and uh, it's a picture of her in her bed, and she is tore up, and it is the grossest thing ever, but uh, I'll have to find it and email it to you. Um, and The Ninth Gate, I've only seen once, and I was not a fan of it, but like you guys were saying, you guys weren't fans of it the first time you saw it, so maybe I'll have to give it another watch. But, uh, yeah, Roman Polanski, that whole thing, I don't know. I think it seems to me his is more, uh, he had a lot of drinks and uh, made some really bad judgment calls one night, and less of that's what he's into and that's what he seeks out. And I'm not saying it's okay, because it's still kind of fucked up, but, uh, you know, it's a little bit better than, oh, I got, I made a really bad judgment call one night, then, uh, yeah, this is what I I like to seek out, weird, underage crap, whatever, but, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to, to point some of that stuff out to you. Uh, awesome show, though. Love, uh, love the topics you guys are doing. And, uh, you know, whether you play this or not, you know, it's no big deal. I just wanted to... Uh, clue you in on some of the stuff that you may have forgotten. And I'm guessing you're just going to start doing a, uh, hey, these are some of my favorite movies with pedophiles on them uh, for a topic. That'd be uh, fantastic. Uh, anyway, if you guys are serious, I hope you guys are serious about coming out to Horror Hound, because that would be awesome. We have a bunch of horror podcasts that are going to be out there, so it'd be fantastic if you guys were serious about going. I know you were kind of joking around about it, but uh, yeah, if you guys made it, that would be awesome. So, uh, anyway, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. So, uh, Brian, yeah, we may like movies unknowingly that have pedophiles in them, but are you on some kind of mailing list? <laughs> what? I was going to say, just so you know, we are now going to post your call all over the internet, so when people search the word pedophile, because you said it probably 50 times, your name is coming up. <laughs> Drunken zombie and pedophile? What? Just joking. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's weird that uh, that, that, that that has weaved itself into some of the movies that we you know it's not it's definitely not on purpose by any means but it's just kind of weird that that's kind of weaved in there Freaking Ferris Bueller's 
principal. Yeah. Apparently, he took some pictures or something. Oh, did you do a little research on that? No, I emailed him, and I was like, oh. "Dude, emailed the me? emailed the principal." No, I emailed. Oh. Yeah, I emailed Brian. He was. He said, oh. uh, "Yeah, he coerced some dude, some little dude into taking some pictures." I, I had heard. Thinking, I had heard that, but I. I, I, did not, I had no idea. All right, let's get to the next one. Hey, Sam and Mike, it's uh, Chris from PA. Uh, my first time calling in. I've listened to you guys since uh, episode one. Really enjoy what you're doing. I just wanted to. Um, Say hi and give you a, a recommendation for a show. I have a recommendation for um, a subtitle show that would consist of Calvaire, uh, also known as The Ordeal, the French film Inside, the unrated version, and Next Door. Um, I don't know, Mike, if you may have seen some or all of these. Um, I think Sam may not have, and uh, I think you might enjoy it. So uh, hopefully you'll discuss on the show, and I can look forward to your take on those three films. Thanks a lot. Keep doing what you're doing, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. So uh, have you seen any of those? Uh, no, his assumption was correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I actually haven't seen Calvair or The Ordeal, but I have seen Inside. It is freaking awesome. Well, and there was an up the next door. Next door I haven't seen that one either. Oh, okay. So that's a great idea. In fact, today we have a subtitle uh, mm-hmm. subtitle movie that we're looking forward to getting into. But uh, I wonder if that's the Chris that donated. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, if you did, Chris. Yeah, nice job, Chris, if that was you. If not, we appreciate the voicemail. <laughs> Sam's like, Sam's covering his eyes right now saying, why the fuzz did I say that? I'm a dumbass. I'm, I assume that's what you're, what's what you're saying. No, yeah, I kind of. <laughs> What's going on, Mike and Sam? This is Corey from Midnight Podcast, and just have to congratulate you on 15 episodes. I loved episode 15, just like I love every show. And I gotta say, it was awesome that you played some Mr. Bungle. I love Mr. Bungle. Actually, anything with Mike Patton in it, but awesome song choice. But I wanted to ask you what the song was that you played on 14, because it sounded really cool and it said "motherfucker" a whole bunch. Um, but, uh, yeah, let me know who that was, because I kind of like that. Um, Johnny Depp is an awesome, awesome guy. He's very cool. He's actually a musician, and he's been in a band, and if if you could locate a copy of this album that they recorded, I think they recorded an album, but he was in a band with Gibby Haynes from the Butthole Surfers, and the band was called P, just the letter P, and it's really hard to look up anywhere, because it screws up in search engines because it's just one letter. But, uh, so, yeah, I thought that was really cool. But Johnny Depp is awesome. And I just wanted to comment about Alan Moore, the guy who did the graphic novel uh, From Hell. He's also the guy behind The Watchmen, which, if you haven't read The Watchmen, you've got to. It's awesome. And the movie looks like it is going to be so true to the graphic novel. I just can't wait. And he also did V for Vendetta. So Alan Moore is definitely a cool guy, and he is huge in the comic book scene. So anyhow, that's all I really had to say. You guys are still kicking ass. I'll talk to you later. Well, thanks for the call, Corey. Yeah, that, uh, I mentioned that was Lamb of God off Sacrament called Redneck. That song dominated, by the way. You know, here, here's the deal. He, he brings up the, the, the Watchmen and these other graphic novels, I you know I have not gotten into them yet. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them. And, and uh, I've seen. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't read those very often, you know. But I, I'm starting to think that I need to check them out. 
just because I also got an email from uh, Metal Mikey. He told me he what was it? A graphic novel is basically a comic that's a whole story, beginning and end. So that's what I thought. That's okay. what I said last. Yeah, time. he said yes. So you were right. Man. And comics are just kind of a series or, or whatever. I don't know that that might just be another black hole for my wallet. Where do you go get that stuff? I don't know. I, I, need I mean, to find you don't, out. can't go to Walmart and pick it up. No, you can't. Because I, you know, I do some reading. I, like I bet to you read. go to like Barnes and Knob, Noble. Yeah. Yep, it's a good idea. Um, and just for the record, for every four twenty, there is a graphic novel and a Cockney. What does that mean? <laughs> that means for every stupid ass comment that I make, there's a couple things I get right here and there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> You feel vindicated. Oh, so much. V for vindicated. <laughs> v for Sam's vagina. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Jam at Obscure 80s Podcast. You know me. Um, thank you guys for all the way too, way, way too kind words on last week's show. Um, it's <laughs> even the thought, I mean, even the joking thought that anyone would be starstruck meeting us is just ridiculous but i do appreciate it it made us i i laughed quite a bit um i got a really good kick out of that one you guys you guys are awesome but you guys better watch yourselves because uh you're you know you're you've you've broken free from the bonds of mediocrity you guys are jetting forward into the great unknown lands of podcasting and and you soon will be among the great ones seriously you guys have a really good show um like I said, I listen to a lot of shows, but there are a handful that I just really, really look forward to every week. And with a quickness, yours became one of those. So, yeah, no, just keep it up, guys. So, Johnny Depp, um, you know, it's funny because I used to own Sleepy Hollow, and I don't know, I've moved a couple times and whatnot, and I don't know if I just lost it in the mix or, or whatnot, but I hadn't thought about it in a while, and you guys reviewed it, and I'm like, Damn, what a good movie! I just, I just really, really enjoy that movie. And uh, now I, I gotta go looking for it again. Um, the Ninth Gate, I saw. Oof, I don't know. It's been a couple years now, and I remember really enjoying it. And I had forgotten all about it as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, thanks for for bringing these movies back up to my attention. They were all movies that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, just thanks. Um, I guess I'm going to ha- have to go find them. You guys you guys are really starting to affect my my wallet. Uh, because you guys keep talking about these films and then I'm like I got to go pick these up again. Anyway guys, keep it up and let us know about the bracelets when you get them and we'll be looking forward to your promo and I'm way excited that you guys are uh likely going to be coming to Horror Hound. It is it is a really good time. Um you guys will get to meet, you know, the Drunken Zombie crew, the Night of Living Podcast crew. Um uh, you're going to get to meet Brother D. I mean, it's just awesome. Uh, there's a good chance Alyssa from the Big Red Podcast will be there. You know, it's just it's just such a good time. And you guys, if you can make it out, you're going to have a blast for the weekend. And we'll make sure of that. So, all right, guys. I also wanted to let you guys know that we uh, snagged and read the uh, female masturbation terms on our show. Um, we did give your show full credit, uh, but we couldn't resist. Um, we had been talking about them a couple weeks ago, and so uh, Stewie went back to that episode and wrote them all down. So uh, if you haven't been listening to our show recently, that would be on last week's episode, which I believe was episode 72, but, I, I man, I lose track of the numbers. So, all right, guys, 
So just keep it up, and thanks for giving us a quality show every time, and we look forward to listening to the next one. Thanks, guys. Stay awesome. Hey, thanks again for the call. You, you know what? Uh, that was way too nice. Sam and I were actually just talking about it. We were looking at some of our download numbers, and I'm like, or Sam said, dude, if, if they even knew what a couple of dumbasses <laughs> we were. <laughs> oh, That's what's so funny about it. But I, I, I'm so glad that there's other people out there that are enjoying these movies as much as we are. So oh, heck good. yeah. That's nice. No, yeah, no. so uh, it's not looking good for the Horror Hound weekend. Sam's got to pick his battles with his Gosh, wife, apparently. It. I'll tell you, yeah, we... Uh, yeah, we won't get onto it into it on the air, but <laughs> there's there's some pretty significant reasons why I will not be able to make it. But damn it, I know. All right, no, what do you so get? it may not be this year, but uh, I'm pretty confident that the following year I would be able to make it. Do they do it once a year? Uh, they actually do it a few times a year. Oh. Plus, if it's not that one, we could find another one. There's, yeah, I mean, there's tons around the country. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. Kill you? I know. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna kill me. Boy, I can't wait to see what happens when I hit the pound key for more options. Or maybe I'll try to send the facts. Hey, guys, it's Otter. Uh, how's it going? I haven't been on the boards or called in in a while. That's what happens when your computer takes a shit on you. But uh, yeah, I just got started listening to uh, last week's episode, the Johnny Depp one. I'm only 30 minutes into it, but I figured I'd call since it's Monday night and you guys usually record on Monday night. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to comment on two things. Uh, the... There's a guy that's making a count about trauma. Yes, trauma is it is a love-hate thing. Um, or you love it, you don't like it, however you want to put it. I used to love those trauma movies. I thought they were great. You know, Class of Nukem High, The Toxic Avenger, all of that stuff. And recently, G4 ran The Toxic Avenger uh, like a couple nights or something. I it was close to unedited. I think they blurred out nudity, but other than that, it was pretty unedited. And I'm like, wow, I I watched some bad movies in my youth, but then again, I'm going back to some horror movies that I thought were simply outstanding, and now I look at them going, what was I thinking? But uh, if I if I can recommend a gem from uh, the Trauma Pictures vault, a little movie that was written, directed, and starred, uh, Juan Schwartz. At least that was the name he went by in the movie, or went by or his real name, Trey Parker, part of the creative team behind South Park. Movie called Cannibal the Musical. Outstanding flick. I mean, if you thought Sweeney Todd was a great cannibalistic murdering musical, you need to see Cannibal the Musical. I, I think it blows it away. I mean, Johnny Depp just can't hold a candle to what Juan Schwartz did in that movie. But check it out, guys. Also, uh, you're listening to music. Play whatever you guys want. Mellow stuff's fine. I mean, hell, if I can make a request, throw in some Tom Waits or something. I love that guy's stuff. I mean, I'm a metalhead, hardcore kid to the bone, but, man, Tom's just got some good stuff. Or throw in some Primus. You can never go wrong with Primus. But, uh, yeah. Oh, and also, uh, I, caught the, I caught the movie Cube over the weekend for the first time in a long time. I highly recommend those three flicks. Well, have a good day, guys. Bye. Yeah, that's Otter. Otter, he's called in before, and he's he's all he's all over our forums. I love that. That, that guy's great. That was some good recommendations. Oh, I, I agree. I'm always looking for good recommendations to entertain myself. You know, I love the old trauma movies. There's been a trauma movie that has come out. I don't know. I don't know how old it is anymore. But if you listen to the Midnight Podcasting Corps, 
they he's been running this uh, worst movie zombie movie ever made, and a trauma movie is right now. It beat Zombie Nation. No way. Yeah, it's called uh, what's it called? Mulva Zombie Ass Kicker. I watched it. It is the damn worst. I, it's it's worse. I'd rather watch Zombie Nation again. I would. Really? It's that bad. And and uh, that's trouble. I like. I don't know. I've I've seen a, quite a few of those, but God, it's been forever. Hmm. But most of the old ones, I really really like. Like the classic ones you hear about. But uh, that's funny. Oh, that is so damn funny. And you know, he <laughs> talked about. Uh, uh, I don't know if you remember when we were doing uh, so bad it's good, and we did the Toxic Avenger. I mentioned that I saw it on Spike. And I was watching it with my daughter for a okh. little while. Yeah, that was the they, Otter was saying, yeah, they barely edited it. And this, and this. Yeah, that's the one I was watching with her. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm a great parent. That's f- But uh, Cannibal the Musical is definitely, it, it's so funny. It, Do you have that in the Cadaverhead Library? I, you know, I have the DVD. I don't. Cool, man. It's on the, yeah. I think it's set in Colorado and Utah. Yeah, it's some uh, pioneers or something, and they start eating each other. It's so funny. <laughs> I can't, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it is really funny. Guess who else called right after Otter called? Who? Otter. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Otter again. I just want to add to my previous message because I got to your next little song selection in the Johnny Depp episode. Fuck yes, that rules. Bungle, outstanding. It, it kicked ass on so many levels. And I don't know if you guys have to bleep those words out, so I apologize, but come on. It's patent. I mean, you can't go wrong. Plus, rumors are abound, and apparently some venues in, uh, I believe, England have been booked by a possible Faith No More band in the spring. Could be a reunion. Oh, well. Have a good day. We're not going to bleep out excitement. Are you kidding? <laughs> did you did you notice how cordially he wished us a good day, by the way? You know, that was really nice. That was so nice. You know, I'm stoked. If Faith No More's doing it. Doing a, a reunion type show, I love those guys. You need to de- you need to get all those albums. What you probably only heard the first one, I assume, right? I I haven't heard any of them. Really? No. The actual, you know this the what's it called the epic the song epic the one that's oh the, yeah yeah that is like the worst song on that album. I'm not saying it's a bad song. I'm just saying their their first album. How was that? No, it wasn't their first album. It was their first album with Mike Patton. By the way, Mike Patton does kick ass. I've seen Tomahawk. I've seen Faith No More back in the day. I've seen Tom- I, I, uh, what's that other one? Fantomas went in and opened up for it. There, there's some weird shit, but it's it's great. It's huh. awesome stuff. So that's good. But Otter, I just want to say uh, have a have a nice day as well. To you. <laughs> so all right, let's get to the next one. What's up, guys? It's Wes from the Drunken Zombie Podcast. Uh, just wanted to call in. Say I really enjoyed uh, your last couple episodes, kind of playing catch-up a little bit here. Uh, chime in a little bit on your uh, So Bad It's Good. Really enjoyed that. Um, Head of the Family is always one I wanted to see, just because it looks really cheesy. So I'm going to have to check it out. Also, uh, one that's one of my favorites, don't know if um, you guys have seen it, a uh, movie called Frankenhooker. Classic uh, movie, So Bad That It's Good. Starts off with... Uh, a guy who his girlfriend gets run over by a lawnmower and, you know, the pieces go everywhere. So he, of course, decides to rebuild her using uh, parts from dead hookers. Well, they're alive at first, but uh, there's a great scene when he cooks up some super crack for him, uh, some super crack cocaine, I guess, and uh, they proceed to explode 
It was pretty cool. So definitely check it out. It's um, it's terrible. I love it. It's classic. Um, also on your uh, public domain show, very good job on that. Um, really didn't know that uh, Deep Red was in the public domain. That's one of my favorite Argentos. Uh, Creepy-ass clown in it. Very, uh, very scary. Uh, also, if you get a chance, check out the uh, Nosferatu with the typo negative score uh, soundtrack. Very, very cool. Uh, kind of hard to track down, but totally worth it. So, downloading the new episode right now. Going to check it out. And, uh, yeah, keep up the good work. I'll talk to you soon. So, Frankenhooker was a movie? I thought that was an instructional video. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I've actually seen that. I love that movie. I've, I've you know, seen part of that. I you know, that would have been a great movie for So Bad It's Good. Yep. That one is awesome. Yep. I watched that with my wife. Wow, was that uncomfortable. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I do. I actually have a copy of uh, Nosferatu with the typo negative score. It's oh. actually really good. Oh, yeah? I, had, I think I had to order it off of typo negative's website. Huh. I'm a big typo fan. I like typo negative. But, uh, you know, that's two drunken zombie members today. They're on 50. They kick ass. What are ass. they doing wasting their time on our stuff? I hear you. You know, you know. I go to drunken. Zo- you know, I need to. I need to call those guys a little bit more. But I am on their side probably at least once every couple of days. There's always news and all sorts of sweet crap to look hmm. at and uh, read. And no, I love going to their side. They've they've got a lot of stuff there to read. We we learn a lot from you guys. I waste a lot of time at work on your site. That's good. Well, anyway, well we appreciate the calls. We've got uh, one last one, so let's go ahead and play that. Hey, Sam and Mike, Steven here. Just uh, listening to the Johnny Depp episode, and i uh, got to tell you, well, first off, great, great choice for a topic. I'm so fucking gay for Johnny Depp. He fucking rules in everything he does. So uh pick three great horror movies. Wow, just a great show. Really enjoyed it. Uh, secondly, the Jack the Ripper thing, uh, cutting out the vaginas. Little known fact about Jack the Ripper, like uh, Ed Gein, you know, made lampshades out of human skin, and uh, Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs, you know, making uh, suit of a woman. Uh, Jack the Ripper was uh, making earmuffs. All right, <laughs> talk at you later, guys. Be cool. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Dude. That's the worst thing I ever heard. That's worse than anything I have ever said. And funny thing is, is when his voicemail started, I all of a sudden felt a little blood flow going to my nether regions. I'm like, dude, this guy's like Barry White. His yeah. voice. Oh, yeah, man. And then he throws in earmuffs. I was <laughs> peeing my pants laughing. That is hilarious, man. That is so funny. Oh, man. I actually just finished listening to his latest on Stan Winston this morning. Dude knows his stuff. Yeah. He got, he's very knowledgeable. Oh, yeah. He could, uh, you could tell he was drinking during it because by the end he was <laughs> dropping <laughs> F-bombs like it was a job. That's fine. I, was, I just thought it was pretty funny. Oh, man. He even mentioned it. Oh, no, that was pretty funny. Now, that, that's a great, great voicemail. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? You know how I said I don't like Christmas earlier? Yeah. I take it all back. I, lo- I really honestly love Christmas. You know what I like about Christmas? What? I like Christmas music. You know what? Should we play a little Christmas music? Yeah, you got something? Um, I could come up with something. Well, let's do it. All right, hold on one sec.
Christmas classic. That was awesome. That was a band called Tort playing The Little Drummer Boy. That was a good song. <laughs> oh, I wonder if the if the baby Jesus got a little scared <laughs> <laughs> playing that. I got I to gotta thank Metal Mikey for uh, turning us on to that, that uh, song. There was... He... Uh, pointed me towards an album called A Brutal Christmas, and it doesn't get much more brutal than that. <laughs> that kicked ass. Is that part? So that's that part, was of, part that? of it. That that's was, like a compilation of that? It, oh, yeah. You know, it, that, that's got to be my favorite, just because uh, when I was a young kid, we, you know, we went to the same elementary school. You know, we yeah. used to sing Christmas carols oh, in the yeah. library before. Oh, yeah. I got, I got sent home from school once because we were seeing The Little Drummer Boy, and I was like, <laughs> come, they told me I play with my bum. <laughs> he sent me home. <laughs> Send me home. That's horrible. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so do you have that Brutal Christmas? Do you have that album? Well, yeah. Well, I would do. you make a backup so that in case your one gets broken, that you still have a backup and then they just let me borrow it? Yes, I will. Okay, cool, In man. fact, uh, <laughs> yes, I will. Awesome. That's all we'll say. But yeah, heck yeah, dude. That kicked butt. That was, that's that's a Christmas music. We're oh, going to be listening it. to that Christmas morning. That's great. We're <laughs> rocking up to that. All right, probably not because my wife would kick me in the balls, but... <laughs> So, unconventional vampires. You have any overarching thoughts that you'd like to? Well, I, I wondered how this was going to play out when uh-huh. when we talked about this as a topic, just because I thought unconventional vampires. Uh-huh. We we've talked before about vampire movies and right. that they they all have their own different rules. Right. So I'm like, well, how I don't understand what we where we're going. But uh-huh. then I watched the movies and I was like, oh, there you go. Yes, there are, the, which is great. That why that is unconventional. That's right. So uh, we chose three. We chose uh, Martin. Uh, in 1977, we uh, also did a brand new one called Let the Right One In. Mm-hmm. And that's actually still making the uh, kind of the art house run, I guess. Yep. I don't know. It was playing downtown in a, our a art house. Uh, was it Broadway or mm-hmm. was it Tower? Anyway. Oh, I th- oh maybe. Oh, you know, it's Tower. That's uh, right. Either way, those are due. But, but yeah, it didn't get, a, didn't get a major release or anything like that. And then uh, for the last movie, we had the Boobalicious Life Force. Oh, yeah. Is you know what? That's that was really dumb. Sorry, boobalicious. No, I'm saying the word boob. Oh, all right. So uh, Martin came out in 1977. Shot it's all right. I'm always very careful with the needles. It won't hurt you. Always very careful. It won't hurt you. What's in that shot? It's just to help you Tell sleep. Me what was in the it's shot? Why do you want me to sleep? sleep? Why don't you just take it's what you want and go? Don't you understand? I it's won't important tell to me. It's important. I'm always very careful with the needles. Questions from our listeners as to how often this happens. I mean, every full moon? Uh, what? I don't know. I, I lose track. Not all the time. That's not like in the movies either. I saw a movie once where it happened every night. Now that's crazy. Those movies are crazy. Oh, so you mean to tell me all those movies are true? Or what else isn't true? I mean, are you going to dispel any other myths? Like uh, getting back to your grave before sunup or garlic? It's all crazy. Uh-huh. It's all crazy. So you don't burn uh-huh. up to a crisp in the so sunlight. You don't burn up to a Nothing like that. Well, the sun bothers my eyes sometimes, well, the sun especially my eyes when it's sometimes. about time. 
Especially when I get shaky. Yeah, well, listen, Count, my sponsor's getting shaky, so I gotta yeah, take well, a break. Hang on a minute. Nighttimers have been talking to the Count. Yes, a real, live, honest to goodness vampire. And if you have any questions you'd like to pass on to the Count, how about giving me a call here at 555 1650? Be back in a moment. Be back in a moment. Written and directed by George A. Romero. IMDb, guess what IMDb gave it? I'm going to say 3.5. 7.2. Really? Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's that's really high. Uh, the budget was 800000 It starred John Amplis as Martin Madahas. God, you know what, today, just I, I want to send out a warning. There's going to be a lot of name yeah. mispronunciation because of, especially our second one is a Swedish-made film. But anyway, Lincoln Maisel played Tarakuda. Um, did you know that was the only movie he was ever in? I did not know that. He's actually uh, the leader of an orchestra. Oh, no way. That's his real job. How about that? Yep. Uh, Christina Forrest played Christina, and uh, she actually ended up marrying George Romero. They've uh, oh, been married really? since 1981, according to oh, IMDb. That's cool. Yeah. Elaine Nadeau is, Mr. San- is Mrs. Santini, and Tom Savini as Arthur, and about three other bit parts that you only barely <laughs> see him for a second with a different mustache on. <laughs> Anyway, let's get into the synopsis. Uh, Martin sedates women with a syringe full of narcotics and then slices their wrist with a razor blade so he can drink their blood. That's who a, doesn't? Yeah, that's a great first line. Martin, who comes to live with his uncle and niece in the dying town of Braddock, Pennsylvania, has a romantic monochrome visions of vampiric seductions and torch-lit mobs, but it is impossible to tell how seriously he takes them. His uncle, the, supersti- the superstitious old Tarakuda, treats Martin like an old-world vampire and tries unsuccessfully to repel Martin with strings of garlic bulbs around the home and a crucifix. Martin mocks these attempts and says bitterly, There's no real magic, ever! That was my best Martin impression. That was just like him. Martin strikes up a friendship with a lonely housewife, turning into a full-fledged affair with tragic results. The tone of the film is sad and filled with longing and unfulfilled desire, rather different for the traditional vampire movie, cliches of which are parodied in Martin's dreams, and the mock silent film scene where Martin terrorizes Kuda in a, child, in a children's playground. The ironic ending both gives a new twist to the traditional fate in, of vampires and suggests that Martin's disease is a more widespread than we might care to imagine. So how'd you like it? It was good. I've got to correct something on there, though. Let's hear it. It's not his uncle. It's his cousin. That's what he said, huh? Yep. So, because he's 84 years old or something like that is what he says in there? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because he keeps trying to tell this girl who he lives with, who is um, Christina. Christina, he keeps, you know, he says, oh, "Oh, this is BS and whatever." But then he, then she asks, then Christina asks Martin, "How old he is?" He's like, "I'm 84." He looks like he's like 18. Yeah, or well, something like that. Well, but he just says there's no magic. I mean, he knows he's been around for a while and has some issues. You think, or do you think he's just deranged, or what? No, I, I think I think that it was real that he's got this. You know, that he really is a vampire. Really. Okay. And that, yeah, that they're cousins, and that he really is eighty-four years old. I mean, his flashbacks are to—it looks like a different time period, right? But but were those flashbacks or were those dreams? I think they were flashbacks. Okay, I do. The thing is, is it can be interpreted mm-hmm. both ways. Because I watched this thing, and I was thinking that he, this is a kid who is kind of psychotic, maybe a little, maybe a little deranged. I don't know. He just does this thing. I mean, there's like you said, there's no magic to it. He just maybe has some kind of anemia or something like that. Well, then uh, his cousin it talks to Arthur, and they talk about not procreating. 
because you know the, the cousin keeps saying there's you know what's wrong with there's something wrong with our family right and so i i just took it that he knew because this cousin of his had not been not changed or whatever you don't think that this uh Anemia could be a, ge- a genetic trait where a lot of this one, one certain family, and then you have this old uh, superstitious old guy. Yeah, it could. I mean, I. Anemia's... I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just. No, I know. I'm I, just, absolutely. I'm just bringing it up. Yeah, absolutely. That could be. But I. But I did not even think that. I thought that the vampire thing. He was actually a vampire. Was, cool. Or maybe something wrong to where he could have a, a disease that, that would make him stay young forever. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> By the way, have you seen the Benjamin Button I was trailers? I was just going to refer to that. I am not going to see that I'm not either. movie. Oh, no, my hell. No, I'm not either. It just looks retarded. Yep. Sorry to everyone who... I You know, I, I really like Brad Pitt. I think yeah, he's he does great. Some, he does some good stuff, but... <laughs> I just Not watching that. Just know I'm going to hate that movie. But anyway, sorry to go off on that little tangent. This is a fairly gritty movie. I mean, it's... It's, uh, it's heavy. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, just like it was saying, it's dark and it's mm-hmm. kind of depressing, mm-hmm. you know, because everyone in this movie is sad. Yep. You know, they've all it, j- just from the weight of the world, you know, mm-hmm. in, in their different situations. They, they, none of them really look like like none of the people in Martin's family who he stays with. They don't look like they make a whole lot of money. You know, they're kind of in a poor part of town. Uh, you know, it's not like a ghetto or anything like that. It's just you know they're they're out to work and it looks like they're pinching every penny. And, uh, you know, life can get hard like that. Yeah. And so on top of this, you have this ailment, you know, and uh, it's just dark. Well, and I think that, that part of part of the, the kind of the theme or the mood that is set is a lot of camera work where they're showing Martin, who's yeah. played by uh, John, John Amplis. And, and he's perfect for this role because he's got kind of some piercing eyes. Yeah. But they show him just kind of looking off, and he's really quiet all the time. People uh-huh. talk to him, and he just looks at him. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I think there again, it just sets a really good tone for that depressing, heavy, very in-depth, emotional movie. You know, and the funny thing is, is you see him as he's stalking, you know, the, these women or these people and whatnot. And uh, he's, he seems like he's pretty good at it. And, you know, he's done it a bunch of times. And then you see him, there's, and there's a scene where, you know, he's running to a train and he's got this big bag and he just looks so awkward and clumsy and mm-hmm. you know it, it's just like okay so here's this here's this little kid or here he just looks like a like a like a young small kid you know i mean just 18 year old and he's just this little guy but uh i i, I thought that was very interesting because it kind of made him human yeah. to me but yep. then when he went into his little uh, you could tell that he would his brow would would furrow when he started to when he was doing his mm-hmm. reconnaissance or whatever, trying to stake out these women and whatnot. No, I thought he did a great job. Well, I really I really liked it that the movie started out with him doing something very dark and 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 offensive right. with that woman on the train. Because then you get into the rest of the movie, and <clears throat> you know I started feeling sorry for him. Yeah, but at no the same doubt. time. You never know what's coming because out of nowhere, all of a sudden he, you know, he could do this too. Right. Oh, and they go a little bit further before he has another incident and, and gets thirsty or whatever and has to go in and do something. But you know, he, I, I just thought it was very well done. The character of Kuda, he was kind of an old guy, kind of looks like uh, the 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 colonel a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he was basically, I I think that this character was really well thought out. He was this old guy. Uh, always talking about the old time beliefs. The old, you know, uh, he talks to a priest at one point, and he's saying, you know, this this town is full of old people. We we need someone who can talk to us and relate to us. 
you know, we still believe in old mysticism and we still believe in the old ways, basically, is what he was saying. And uh, his character was a stark contrast to basically everyone else with um, with more than just a bit part in this film. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just kind of, it just made him stand out as being really awkward and weird. He wasn't as weird as Martin. And no, uh, really... I think their dynamic was what made this. Yeah, fit. I think so too. And, and one of the questions I kept asking myself as this was coming up, there was so much disdain from the cousin, this, this, right. to, this Kuda. Kuda. But I, I kept thinking, why did he invite it? Why did Martin come to stay at his house then? In his head, he knew what Martin was, and he was going to, just like he said, he was going to save his soul and he was going to destroy him. So he was, he was, maybe he thought that this was just something he had to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was his family responsibility to purify Martin, who okay. had, was this thing, you know, and take him, because yeah, he took him into his house, you know, that which probably isn't wise. Well, that's what typically. I thought. I'm like, if you know what this is and you know what he right. does, why are you inviting him into your house and, and doing some stuff? But, you know, that's a pretty good explanation, I guess, if, if he feels like that's his worldly mission is to, to go ahead and, and try and cleanse him. Well, he, yeah, he was old school. I mean, he... I, he just seems like the kind of guy who would put a lot of weight into tradition and responsibilities for you know the old traditions, things mm-hmm. like that. And that, you know, and I thought it was great. I I really liked that. This movie, there was no action in it. No, there, I mean there were there was a little bit when he actually uh, one part he actually goes in and after he's been stalking a woman and she's having an affair, uh, he made sure that her his this lady's wife or husband, jeez, her husband left. And then he went in that night, but uh, he wasn't expecting an affair to be there. There's a, you know, there's a little bit of cat and mouse there, but really, this was not. I mean, this was just a kind of a thriller, mystery, suspense, horror yeah. type of deal. Yeah, just kind of a story, just a, yeah. like we're talking about, unconventional vampire story. Yeah. He's he's calling into a call-in show, and they call yeah. him the Count, and he's you know it's kind of cathartic for him to be able to talk through, and and he feels like he's telling everybody, hey, it's all just there's no magic. It's I I am what I am, and I can eat garlic. He takes a big old bite out of yeah. garlic in front of his cousin and stuff. So, I mean, I, I thought it was a very well thought out story, a, a different take on a vampire that, that that made me keep watching. And I was right. like, I didn't think oh, I've already seen this before a hundred times. You know, one thing about the Colin show, and that it, I don't know why, but I kind of got really sad at that part. Yeah, because they made Martin very. They made you feel sorry for him. They made him a sympathetic character, in my opinion. Well, they, they, they were making fun of him, and he didn't even know it. Well, and that's the thing. He calls yeah. him up. He's got no one to talk to. He right. cannot confide in anybody. Right. So he calls up this jackass DJ who's, mm-hmm. who's you know, he, at first he's kind of toned down. He talks to him, and then he starts making fun of him. And once the DJ starts to figure, oh, I'm about to lose him because I'm making fun of him, he, you know, he tones it down again. Right. But uh, that's, this only, that's the only person this guy's got to talk to. Yep. Sucks. Yep. Well, and I, I I really liked how this the movie ended. I don't like yeah. sloppy endings. No. And so I thought this this ended very well. And uh, in you know I, I didn't ha- I didn't have anything to to make me desire anything else. So. No. The, yeah, this was just a just a kind of horror drama. Yeah. There was no. There's really no comedy in it. No, it, not at all. Well, well except for uh, Tom Savini playing. Like three or four parts. Yeah, that was great. If you looked real close, Tom had a different mustache on, and he'd be doing stunts and stuff. It's great. That's funny. But uh, this is uh, and George Romero had a small part as one of the priests in there. Yeah, uh, yep. so that was cool. Man, people were weird looking in the seventies. I know. 
What, when did this come out again? What did I say? Well, I'm sure it's 70s. I think it's like 77. 77. So. Yeah, because they refer to The Exorcist in it. So yeah, it was well, pretty that quick came out in 73 or 74. Mm-hmm. I don't quite remember which, but anyway, yeah. What do you give it? Or yeah, I would give this because this is George Romero and it's early. I would give it a buy. I give it a buy too. Yep. I don't give it a bone saw only because this is not a movie that I could see myself watching over exactly. and over. Exactly because it it. It's a bummer. Yep. It's kind of a bummer. It is. It, compl- it it was engaging. I think the first time I saw this a long time ago, I just I didn't really get it. Mm-hmm. I don't think. But and I've seen it multiple times. You if you don't get it, you're not going to like it. I mean, it's right. it's not like if you don't get it meaning it's there's some mystery that you didn't pick up on. No, I mean, if you don't if you're not in the right frame of mind or you exactly. don't understand what George Romero was going for, it's going to be a pain in the ass to watch. That's exactly right. I, I agree with that 100%. This is something that I'd probably pull out and watch every five years or something. Yeah. Something because it's a Romero I've got in my collection. Right. However, I'm not just going to sit down and throw this on because it's something I want to watch. It would be where I kind of forget about the movie and say, right. you know what? That was actually a really good storyline. I want to go back and watch it exactly. again and remember the storyline. Exactly. So. No, that's good. I give it a buy. Good. Cool, man. Well, I have a memory count of six. Really? Six on there. Can I make one disgusting mention, too? Uh-oh. What, did you, there was a full frontal shot, full frontal nudity. Yeah. That was a jungle. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't, all right, that's a all I'm going to say. Holy crap. A furkini. That, was, that scared the crap out of me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, what's she doing with a bear pelt around her waist? <laughs> anyway. Hey, here's some things that I learned from this movie. 70s vampires worry about forensic evidence. No, no, pretty <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> he did it first. Oh my gosh, dude! I, as <laughs> I was watching everything, as I was watching this, something good. Fingerprint, fingerprint, yeah, exactly. And then, then I even started DNA, yeah, DNA. Yeah. Oh, they can just get that stuff, the black light out, and in the, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, oh, none of that shit existed exactly. back then. But anyway. And then uh, another thing is 70s chicks answers the answer the door in panties. Yeah, what? Just out of nowhere, like a blouse on and panties. That's that's cool. <laughs> And the last thing I learned was that the code word for I'm getting a boner is the door is finished. <laughs> you're going to have to explain that. Well, there's a part where this, this uh, housewife, she's clearly unhappy in her marriage and has said such with Martin, and he's delivered some meat, no pun intended. <laughs> and uh, so this relationship gets a little, uh, it goes from he's helping out around the house to uh, to, to sexual. And so there's, there's a part where she decides, hey, this is going too slow. I need to come on to him. And so she comes out, and she's like, you know, don't you want me, and all this kind of stuff. And so he looks at her, because he hasn't been saying anything while she's talking. He looks up at her, and he says, the door's finished, and then he runs away <laughs> while she's trying to pick up on him. So. Nice. So anyway, that's good. So I have a six degrees as well. Let's hear it. John Amplis played Martin. He was in Night Riders with Ed Harris, who was in The Hours with Julianne Moore, who was in Evolution with David Duchovny, who was in one uh, episode of The X-Files with Bruce Campbell. That's a great episode, too, by the way. I, I didn't ever see it. it? I didn't ever see it. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but I remember seeing that and just being stoked that Bruce was in it. That's but, awesome. But uh, what was he, Night Riders? What's that? Uh, it's a horror movie, um, oh. and I don't remember. I can't remember what it was when I looked it up. I think it was another George Romero, though. Really? Because it seems like John Amplis was in a couple of those right at the beginning. Yeah, I've never it's seen 19, it before. I think it was 1980 when uh-huh. this Night Riders was, but I don't, I don't know what I'm, it was. I don't recognize him except from this movie at all. Yeah. Anyway. I'd be interested to see what he looks like now, that, that many years later, because uh, he had an interesting look. But yeah, he yeah, definitely unique. Sam wants to know what Martin looks like now. Oh yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right, let's get into our second of the second film of the evening. Uh, Let the right one in from two thousand eight. This is a Swedish film. 
Don't get a lot of those. Mm -mm. Directed by Thomas Alfredson. Written by John A-J-V-I-D-E. I I don't know. I shouldn't even try that one. Lindquist. He also did the novel. Uh, You know, since we've been playing this game this this episode, what do you think IMDb gave this one? I'm going to say 8.2. 8.3. Ooh. Good job. Dang it. Um, The budget was $3.3 It starred Kari... Hedebrandt as Oscar, Lena Leanderson as Ellie, Per Rag- Ragnar as H- Hacken, and Henrik Dahl as Eric. Dude, what a badass last name, Ragnar. I know. That's awesome. That is awesome. So let's go, let's, let me read the synopsis. This synopsis is kind of long, but uh, I'm just going to speed through it. A fragile, anxious 12-year-old Oscar is regularly bullied by his stronger classmates, but never strikes back. The lonely boy's wish for a friend seems to come true when he meets Ellie, also 12, who moves in next door to him with her father. A pale, serious young girl, she only comes out at night and doesn't seem to be affected by the freezing temperatures. Coinciding with Ellie's arrival is a series of inexplicable disappearances and murders. One man is found tied to a tree, another frozen in the lake, a woman bitten in the neck. Blood seems to be the common denominator, and for an introverted boy like Oscar who is fascinated by gruesome stories, it doesn't take long before he figures out that Ellie is a vampire. But by now, a subtle romance has blossomed between Oscar and Ellie, and she gives him the strength to fight back against his aggressors. Oscar becomes increasingly aware of the tragic, inhuman dimension of Ellie's plight, but cannot bring himself to forsake her. Frozen forever in a 12-year-old's body, with all the burgeoning feelings and confused emotions of a young adolescent, Ellie knows that she can only continue to live if she keeps on moving. But when Oscar faces his darkest hour, Ellie returns to defend him the only way she can. Bum, bum, bum. Well, the first thing I've got to say is uh, this made me want to ask what happens when you let the wrong one in. No shit. So this this actually had some really good stuff in it, but it also dragged out just a little bit. This is um, a two-hour movie. It was a two-hour movie, and it was, you know, the subtitles were good. Mm-hmm. That you know, I don't know what if I understood Swedish how the acting would be, but it seemed like the kids just. You know, when I was watching Oscar talk and stuff, very dry, very not not really acting. Well, yeah, they, they it just kind of seemed to me to be depressed kids. Well, it sounded like monotone talk between the kids. Now, like I said, maybe I just don't know Swedish, so... I mean, I hate to sit here and uh, completely disagree with you, but uh, that was supposed to be a joke. Oh, okay. So no, I, I do disagree a little bit, because these seem like, again, the, the, this is just kind of a set of sad people yeah i mean here's oscar who lives with his mom in this uh just these shitty apartments you know in this freezing cold climate and he's getting bullied by these kids he's, he just seems to be a depressed kid well and that's true and it is and it sets up a a decent story in fact i was thinking to myself well you know because he would walk around with a knife and say like hey squeal little piggy and stuff like right. that I thought I started thinking about to when me and you were in school. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I wonder how many of those kids were thinking that me and you were the tree that we're going to stab. You know? <laughs> no, no. Because I, I don't I, know. I, I hope hardly any, but it was a little disturbing for that. So uh, now you may not think it was good acting, but I I thought they I thought they both did a good job with acting. I thought the girl did a really good job, but I thought Oscar was just a little dry. I, I, I just think I just I don't know. I can I it's, I don't know if I can really relate to him, but I can buy that. As being a kid who was that depressed. Yeah. I didn't mean to pick two depressing movies. Well, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell the, the listeners how we decided to do this movie anyhow. I'd heard that this movie is awesome. 
And what I wanted to do was somehow have an excuse to watch this movie. And uh, so we built a topic around this show mm-hmm. or this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so it came to, but but then Martin, and it was just kind of depressing. But I don't know. I I liked, I mean, I, I, I bought it at least. You know, I thought there were some unique things with, with the way that the, the guy was sent out. Uh-huh. The dad was sent out to go gather blood. Now, he was never successful that we saw. Right. But it was unique that he would tie the people up and then, you know, bleed them out like right. an animal or whatever. But uh, And so that just kind of caught my attention right away, thinking that was pretty unique. You've got the cold going on. You've got another storyline of this kid that's being picked on by his peers. So right. there's there's some pretty engaging things going on. But, again, it's one of those things, like you mentioned, this is not a movie that I'm going to pull out and watch over and over and over. It's and it's it's interesting and enlightening f- the first time you watch it. I, I, I completely agree with you. I don't think it's a bad movie at all. I I really don't. But I don't I hate to say it's hard to watch, but it is definitely there are things there are things going on in the film that I personally don't really like to think about. Mm-hmm. And so while I watch and you know, I get engaged in this film and it and to me it was very engaging. So I'm watching this flick, and I'm thinking, you know, and I kind of got into it, and I, I, I just was bummed. Was well, yeah, I liked that the kid finally took took control of his life. I, you know, he, hey, I want to find out about this after school weightlifting class, right? So I started I'm like, oh, you know what? That's cool. This guy's taking control of his life. He had whacked a kid across the head, <laughs> Dude, and stuff like that. Which that's was the scene I was talking hilarious. about. There's just so funny. they're out there. There's this kid. This just standing, standing, looking right at him. Said, "I'm going to push you in the water." And he goes, what are you holding that stick for, Oscar? And I was like, I'm going to whack you in the head with this. Because <laughs> I'm holding it because if you do anything, I'm going to hit you in the head. So so he does. He whacks the kid in the head, and the kid's reaction is priceless. Oh, it's, it's funny. He's stunned for Although a minute. supposedly he goes, he, he's deaf for the rest of the movie. It yeah. still is funny. It's great, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's some themes in here that are uncomfortable for me. Right. Um, you know, and it started on the very first scene. I You know, I know this is a foreign film. Right. And they show this kid in his underwear right at the very beginning and I'm like, please, please don't don't go anywhere near that topic that we that we broached in the first movie. You know which the thing is, thing. is I thought the same thing because I'm like I'm sitting there, I'm like I'm I kinda made Sam watch this show and if something goes wrong yeah. here, he's gonna kick my ass. Well, and I definitely and so it keeps going on there, you know, so we went away from it, no big deal. But then it comes back with her climbing into bed with him. You know there's twelve year old and there there's some dialogue there and some other things where I'm just like, Oh, please no no please right, and then right. they went away from it. And then they drop a one and a half second bomb. Oh my hell. One and a half second bomb out of nowhere because right. I thought we were safe. And I just thought, holy shit, you've got to be kidding me. And uh, this bomb, she, Oscar looks in on her changing, and you see, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> anyway, but. Because we're not going to joke around about it. No. It was just so shocking and, yeah. and, and inappropriate. Okay, well, I, well here, now, now listen, and I didn't really understand this. I thought it was just a mangled. I can't even say. I it. don't want you to say Furburger. Don't I'm, say. No, it. I wasn't. Gonna, I wasn't going to say. I was going to use the real word. Yeah, but do I it. Don't know. I don't even dare to. But anyways, the I saw that and I was like, "What in the what the hell is going on?" So I yeah. I looked it up on the internet and I'm okay. I'm like, well, let's let's figure out what this is. Well, I got a little. Where was I? I think I was on IMDb. Just some of the forums and or yeah, the message board there on this. And there was one person who posted. Uh, uh, an interview with Thomas Alfredson, who is the director, 
And uh, basically he asked, okay, I'm just going to say it. You see this person where the genitals should be and there's nothing there except for like a scar. Anyway, so here's what he said. Ellie is a former boy. Was a boy in the beginning, but since he's so old, you know, he's you know, kind of androgynous. Here's the thing. He said, uh, there was a scene where we had bits and pieces of it, but let out too much of the, oh, of the backstory to show that. So basically they're talking about a cutout scene. So now it's just one quick glimpse of Eli's, of Ellie's genitals or non-genitals. Basically what they're saying is Ellie in, you know, however long ago, 100 years ago uh, or whatever, was um, castrated almost 100 years ago. And that's the backstory. So it was a dude, got castrated, now it's kind of an androgynous it type wow. of thing. Wow. You know, and there's, there's even one part in the movie where, um, where she says, well, I'm not a girl. Well, she said that several times, but I thought yeah. that meant that she's a vampire. And, and so did I. And for all I know, she, that's what she meant. Huh. But uh, so ba- that, there you go. Interesting. Now, just watching the film, you, I don't know if you would have picked up on that. At least I didn't. I had to go looking for it because I was... I did not like that one bit. But there you go. I mean, that's it. Right from the director. Jeez. Well, and we're going to get off that topic right away because there was one thing that I really, really liked about this movie. And it was, you know how you have all the different mythologies behind vampires and what what works and what doesn't? Well, you you always hear, well, vampires have to be invited in. Right. Well, oh, yeah. You never find it. I mean, they're always invited in. You don't know what happens. And I guess other people have assumed that means they can't come in. Right. Well, she actually is not invited in but comes in and shows you what happens. And I'm not going to say it so when people can watch it. Yeah. But I thought that. I didn't understand. I was like, what the hell is happening? What's going on? Right. She's looking hungry. And then some well, stuff no, happens. That, and I thought that was awesome. I thought She it was did good. it because I think Oscar had already figured out what was going on. I no, right. he just he was just playing with. He knew she was a vampire. She okay, looked up yeah, the blood, yeah, and they were like, and "He's well, like okay. what? What? There's no wall here. Exactly. There's no wall. Look, I did teak, 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 and he right. kind of flicked something, making fun of it. Uh-huh. And so he didn't say anything, and he just kind of opened up the door and put his arm in. Uh-huh. And so for her to just say, "All right, I'm gonna," you know, if that's she, the way you're gonna play, she just wanted to prove it to him. Yeah, then I, I'm gonna come in and, and show you what happens. And it was, it was awesome. It was it was, it good. was really good. I, that is that is one thing that I thought was a a plus in this movie. There was another scene right at the end where I'm not even going to get into it. I'm not going to give mm-hmm. it away. They kick so much ass. Yeah. It was awesome. You know, I don't know. This, this, I have mixed feelings about this because on the one hand, it's totally depressing. And it's, you know, almost there's some scenes that are almost uncomfortable to watch. Not just what we were talking about. I mean, some of the other neighbors in the, uh, in the same complex and whatever, they get a little bit involved and some of them get killed and whatnot. But, uh, you know, some of the personal relationships there was kind of uncomfortable to watch. It, yeah. it seemed totally real to me, you know. Yeah, it's, like you're kind of just watching from the the room next door or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think they did a really great job. I, I just I felt uncomfortable watching it. Yep. I mean, not, not un- uncomfortable is a strong word, but I, it was just like, God. Kind of watch it with one eye open. Well, I mean, it's kinda, just, yeah, it's just like, dang, this yeah. is freaking yeah. brutal in its... I don't know. Maybe it was just the brutality of monotony. Yeah. Wow. That was that was deep. You should uh, trademark that saying. I don't know where we could use it, but that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's kind of what it is. And then all of a sudden, a couple of b- uh, bombs drop, and then all in all, I think a good flick. Yeah, it was good. But again, this is not one that I'm going to pull out and watch no hardly way. ever. No way. So I actually give this a uh, I give this a red box. I'll give it a red box. So one that you should probably see because it is decent and uh, engaging, but not one I'm going to watch very often. You know, I was talking to a guy at work about this about this flick. 
He went and saw it. He came back, and it was before I had seen it, and he said that it was awesome. Huh. I've heard other uh, horror, etc. I think uh, Ted from horror, etc. watched it. He thought it was awesome. Hmm. I see where they're getting it. I mean, I see it. It's just a. It, if you ask me, it is brilliant in its rea- its realism. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's. Uh, I don't know if it's brilliant, but I mean, it's. It affects me. Yeah. It affected me, and that's yep. for sure. Yep. But it affected me in a way that I'm not going to want to feel that way again right. for a long, long time. Right. I, I, I feel weird about that movie. Well, I think we've said what we need to. This is this is one of those where we don't want to get too in-depth because people haven't seen it. And we're, I, we don't want to even come close to ruining it. thing is, I would I would recommend going to or finding it and seeing it or whatever. It's entertaining, and, it, and rarely does a movie affect, has a movie affected mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. you know, like this has, but... I don't particularly a feeling I want to continue to feel all the right. time. No, I, I am 100% on board with that. Well, I have a couple things. Let's see. There was a zero memory count on that. Thank heavens. Right. Jeez, thank heavens. And so there's, there's a few things that I learned, though. Um, Two-Face from The Dark Knight has a cousin in Sweden. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> hey, we're, not, we're not going into this. Are we going to go into it? Oh, I don't know. You can't drop it. Oh, okay, okay. Let him, well, let him go watch it, yeah, and then they'll, they'll it. understand what this, some of this is okay. going on. Uh, beavers can smile, which is totally inappropriate. <laughs> I also found out what happens to vampires when they're under the control of, uh, or under the supervision of socialized medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm cracking myself up. And the best for last. <laughs> oh no! The best for last was I finally learned where they got that Star Wars language from. <laughs> Star Wars alien language. By the way, having too much fun. By the way, there there were the I had noticed with the there there were the whitest people I have ever seen up there. Everyone was so damn white and pale. <laughs> yeah, it looked cold. It oh, was yeah. definitely cold up there. So it looked colder than it is here. Yeah, I shivered when they when they uh, brought a body out of the water. Oh, it yeah. was really. You know what we're gonna do right now? Before we get into life force, we've just talked about two. Somewhat depressing movies. Yeah. We are going to get our asses kicked by a tune. Let's do it. You know what? May, we, we actually did a plan, had a plan for this song, but yep. maybe we shouldn't do that one. We need something fun. And yeah, let's, I, I think let's save that one for another episode or maybe later, but let's get something good going. All right, here you go. It was a Me and Marie come along, but 
weekend. Bring a friend. His name is Harold.
and walked away. It's the last I've seen of Harold. <laughs> Nothing like a little Primus to cheer up your mood. That was very good. So let's do it. One last flick, Life Force from uh, 1985. I will say one thing, that this was not a depressing movie. See? He too needs feeding. We're to proceed directly to the Citadel at Whitehall. Kane.
not at all. This was uh, this was good stuff. Yeah, uh, eighty five, directed by Toby Hooper. Name another show directed by Toby Hooper. Uh, would that be? Um, I don't know. I thought I'd do something funny. You were looking right at it. The Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. Chainsaw Massacre. Oh. Got a nice little poster of him huh. looking down on us. Toby Hooper did. Uh, he's also directed Poltergeist. Oh, he did? I could see that. It was the same uh, same blue uh, electric Special thing in there. Yeah. Uh, actually, he did, I think he did direct it, but I think Spielberg had a lot. Oh, okay. Cut out a lot and, and kind of made it his own. Anyways, I'm going to have to check my facts before I let that get into the show. All right. But uh, anyway, so... Um, it was written by Colin Wilson, who wrote the novel, and Dan O'Bannon, who wrote the screenplay. So we did... Oh, no, no. The first one, I was going to say we had all three films had novels, but not uh, Martin. Uh, IMDb gave it a 5.8, which is about what you would expect yeah. from a movie like this. Well, which is funny, because this is, this is the only movie out of all three that I would watch a hundred times. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a fun watch. I yep. mean, it was action-packed. The booby count was high, Giant. and uh, the th- one one problem I had with this show is I was on edge the whole time thinking we were going to get a big junk alert, but it never came. <laughs> I know, what? especially because it was two to one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, when I said big junk alert, I didn't mean big junk. I said like a like a large account of those, large count of those. Yes. Right, not a large. Okay, right, you get it. Starring Matilda May, who is known only as the. Space Girl. <laughs> Steve Railsback, who is Tom, uh, Colonel Tom Carlson. And uh, Peter Firth is do- uh, call, uh, Colonel. Call, I, don't, I don't know what the freak call period stands for. Colonel Colin Kane. And Patrick Stewart is Dr. Armstrong. I threw him in because he is everyone's favorite uh, Starship captain, except for mine. I like the other one guy better. <laughs> Anyway, Haley's Comet returns to the solar system, and the English-American team aboard the sh- shuttle Churchill make a close-up survey of the comet. Discovers an alien spacecraft in the head of the comet. Inside the spacecraft are some large bat-like creatures, and three cocoons. And in three cocoons are three dead humans: two men and a woman. That's where we were. That's what we're talking about with the big junkler. Uh, the Churchill takes the humans and, cre- and one of the creatures back to Earth. There, the bosses of the project are amazed to find the shuttle burnt out and all but one of the crew, Carlson, dead. The humans from the spacecraft suddenly awake and all those who come into contact with them are drained of their life force. And in time, all the victims, including most of the population of London, are turned into zombies, all preying on the horrified survivors for their life force. It's up to Carlson and Major Kane from the, of the SAS to stop them before the whole world turns into a big blood hunt. Very nice. And that brings up that brings up a question that I've got for Corey mm-hmm. over at the Midnight Podcast. Are these zombies? Now, my understanding of a zombie is a dead person's reanimated flesh. Right. So technically these people died and came back to life two year two hours, hours. later. Let I me, wanna know. Let's go on in a little aside here, speaking of the Midnight Podcast. Last episode they uh, put it on a discussion in uh, for a listener named Apocalypse Dan, which also is on our boards and listens to our show, mm-hmm. right, AD? Just teasing. They were arguing whether Jason Voorhees is a zombie. You know, where, where do you think you stand on that? He, he, he was dead. He is came a back zombie. Home. You think so? Yeah. I, you know, and that's what Corey argued. Now, I don't know if, 
I, and Corey's point was to just say that you can't unequivocally say that he is not a zombie, but uh, that he's not necessarily, but you can't unequivocally say that he From is. everything that we know about him, he would fall under that definition of reanimated flesh because he has been dead 20 times or something like that, and then he comes back. Practically 20. Yeah. But, uh, well, I don't know. I disagree with you. But that we'll save that. Actually, we'll leave that to, uh, right. to those podcasts. To professionals. They, well, they freaking... Talked about it to death between him and Mail uh, Midnight Podcast and Mail Order Zombie. I don't think that uh, our opinions ha- hold much weight. Anyway, so uh, did you like the flick? You know, I really like this. It started out kind of with an alien type, yeah, it did. type flare, but the only problem is they didn't really set the stage as well. It definitely didn't creep me out. It, well, it, it definitely was no alien. It was it was definitely no alien, but it did remind me how much I like science fiction horror. Oh, I mean, you. I like the way that it was set up uh-huh. in space. Some weird stuff going on. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I thought it was really good that way. Um, and I thought the storyline, it, it flowed pretty well at the beginning, got a little slow in the middle, right. and then picked back up at the end to end, you know, end okay. But um, overall, well, this I thought this was another two-hour movie. Yeah, it was. It was I, the, think, I think if they would have made it an hour 45, hour 40, that uh, I would have just freaking loved this yeah. movie. It was a little cheesy on times, and there were some 80s-type cliches in there, but not bad. No. And definitely watchable, more than a watchable. Just definitely did not turn me off. But yeah, I wish it was fifteen minutes shorter. Yep, they could have cut out some of that stuff in the middle. Probably about five minutes of uh, Captain Picard screaming <laughs> would have been would have been good to take that out. But you know, after all of Captain, I'm going to have a little spoiler here. Yeah. After all of Captain Picard having to sit through all of Captain Picard screaming, his death made it all worth it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, that was ass. good. That was good. So. um... Yeah, there were some good things here. There were a couple things I didn't like. At the beginning, they're talking about once they kind of figure out it's vampires, uh-huh. this one guy, I think it was Kane. No, it was another guy. I don't remember what his name was. Anyways, he was saying, uh, you know, I think it's like the vampires of legend. And right. They, they carry their earth with them. I'm, I'm thinking, what the hell legend are you talking about? I've never heard that vampires carry their earth with them, ever. Cue the voicemails to kick Sam in the balls. Do they do that? Yeah. Oh shit! Now Some, I'm in trouble. Like, like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay, so you know he's he's moving to the uh, the Abbey in yeah. London, Carfax Abbey. And is that right? I hope I don't. Now oh, kick Mike in the ball. No, no I think I'm right. But anyway, <laughs> so what what he does is he actually you know he lives in Transylvania. He fills tons and tons of boxes and coffins with dirt. All right, I am his an own idiot. dirt. I did not know that part of the legend, and now I look stupid in front of lots of people. And I'm leaving that in. Of course you are. You always like to you like to divert the voicemails over to me to take some shit. That's all right. I will take it gracefully. Awesome. All right. So I love that part. I love that part. I thought that was right in line with the uh, with the legends, and uh, that goes very well. Goes very well with uh, with how vampires operate. So I a plus on that part was sticking with the legends. <laughs> all right, so all right, let's just touch on a few. That was. Uh, that, I'm sorry. That's Sam, all right, man. I'm, I'm sorry for bringing us down. So first of all, they they are up in this spaceship. They go to Haley's comet, which wasn't in the novel. The, you know, finding it in hmm. Haley's comet was not, was not in the novel. Uh, a lot of there was a big controversy on the set uh, when they added that. A lot of people liked it. A lot of people hated it. Well, it doesn't Haley's Comet come around in like 80, every 86 years? 75, 70, 70, I don't know. 
Yeah. Okay. But so that means like that. okay, that's cool. Well, then they can do a remake in uh, 2050. So that's yeah, cool. exactly nice work. But uh, yeah, nice stupid asses. Where you screw yourself. No, but uh, so they go in, you know, they go into this uh, this ship, which I thought was really cool. It didn't really look like a spaceship. It just kind of looked like a like a weird looking meteor. I don't know, like a long. I don't know, but it was cool. These creatures, these space vampires, uh, they look human. You know, in the beginning, they're all buck naked and stuff, and the girl walks around for 20 minutes buck naked. But we turn to find out that uh, that's not what they look like, and they're just kind of making us feel at home with their with their uh, appearance, and I don't think they could have done a better job. Well, I love the explanation of that, yeah. actually. The, the explanation was that they, they knew they were coming, could sense their presence, and uh-huh. reached into the innermost sanctuary of their psyches right and they chose carlson and whatever his perfect woman was uh-huh. is what they decided to make it and i started thinking hmm what what would that be for me uh-huh. and uh kate beckinsale came to my oh really that's exactly who that would have been if uh, they would have reached into the innermost depths of my psyche <laughs> so, so so it's kind of like a ghostbusters thing so if we think of kate beckinsale that's right kate beckinsale is gonna come and that's keep, exactly destroy right. the world so that's ex- that's exactly what happened so <laughs> I thought that was a good explanation of kind of how that worked out because you're like, nah, what are the chances that a hot naked chick, right, and two you awesome know what, looking though, dudes with giant packages? Well, we don't know because we never saw. Them. But I will say one thing: I wouldn't have been pissed off if they didn't explain that at all. I would have been okay with that. Oh well, yeah, yeah, that definitely could. <laughs> but no, got it's by. a bonus that it they explain that. Definitely but. bonus points for that. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I really like the actor that played Carlson. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. Um, you know, when he kind of stared off into space and went into his little remembering things, and uh-huh. you know, he you know, so he lied about what really happened on the ship. Yeah. And then once you found out that he just wanted her all to himself, can you blame him? I, I mean, <laughs> no I, I don't know. I probably would. I'd burn you for that. Well, I, I'm going to kick you in the balls now. <laughs> no, listen, but uh, you got to realize that he was under the 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 spell of this feminine. He, he what did he say? He said something like, "I've never felt such a feminine presence in my life." Well, it's because they made it, it from his perfect. Well, exactly no freaking. Was, so. Well, I think there was also some kind of a psychic thing. They're they're swapping life forces. Yeah. By the way, don't make out with one of these because you'll swap a little life force. Uh, at the end, she calls him back because she has a little bit of his, or she, he right. has a little bit of her life force, and. I like that. I, I wonder I, if he can transmit diseases by swapping life forces. <laughs> you know what? They w- didn't seem like they were that worried about yeah, it. Yeah, they did not seem concerned at all. Did a lot of force swapping. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, you know what? One thing that bothered me about that. Uh, so she's naked throughout the whole movie, right. but she goes into the cathedral and decides to find a white dress and throw it on there. I mean, why? Why? Why even do that? Well, why did you find it for two minutes of the show? Especially since, especially since uh, she takes it right off. That's what I mean. Yeah. No, I don't know. Here, here's one thing that maybe I have for that. No, that doesn't work. No, I know why it is. Why? It's because if the mammary count goes over 40, it's then it's X. rated X. <laughs> I was thinking that uh, because this person like swap bodies. She came down and she would swap bodies into another semi-hot chick, not quite as hot as she was, but uh, I, what, what do you think they took the original her original body and just laid it in the bottom of a cathedral like that? Well, the the like uh, the older guy said that he she went there right after she escaped from the science place. She went right to the cathedral. Really? Then how did she find that chick? Plot hole. I don't know because he said that before huh. the before. The guy shot him at the end. He said she was there the whole time. Really? Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. So I don't know how that. Uh, I don't know how that all works. Huh. Anyway, 
I uh, got to bring up some of the special effects. I thought they dominated when uh, the first you know couple of well uh, maybe ten fifteen minutes into the show uh, she goes down and uh, there's a security guard watching over her her in well, I, were the other two guys in the same room I don't know but no, watching over rooms. her bodies anyways so she stands up gives the come hither look and starts making out with them by the way I've learned that if it is too good to be true. It is. Except for I've fallen for it too, and thankfully I have never got my life force sucked out of me. That's but anyways, good. these these people who got their life force sucked out of them look awesome. Well, they're, they're, it's very well done. That's yeah. the special effects of puppeteering because they were puppets. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah thought, I thought they were good. And the uh, funny thing is, is they just look they look like zombies basically, except mm-hmm. for with like perfect heads of hair. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which and eyes, like, eyes that are yeah. have full blood. Full fluid and move around. Yeah, and did you happen to notice that the hair was right everywhere? No, <laughs> I was. I, I, that was a funny part. The drapes <laughs> in the carpet. Yeah. Really, <laughs> it was bad. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like thinking to myself, you know, I, I would really be interested in going and being a puppeteer, making special effects or something. Well, what if somebody caught me while I was adding the pubic hair to the damn doll? <laughs> they think I'm the biggest pervert. No, they don't think you're pervert if you flossed with it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Don't pretend like you don't know. No, <laughs> I do not know. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. That was funny. <laughs> I had a, oh my gosh! Oh yeah. Well, there you go. I, <laughs> as usual, Sam is gonna. Take some on the forum. Take some on the forum. Well, hey, you know another thing too. Part of this uh, this morph and, and maybe unconventional vampire stuff. So uh-huh. these these guys take the life force, but also um, you can't jam them in the heart. You actually have to take a lead laden sword and jam it in their life force, which is two inches below their heart. Right. That's how you kill them. Right. That's awesome. So a little bit different. A little bit different. You know what? We when we were talking about let the right one in. How how do you think she was unconventional? Just because she was young. Um, she's castrated. That makes it pretty unconventional. All right, we're going to go with young and castrated. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that makes it unconventional. Well, I think it was because of the way, yeah, just kind of the way stuff worked out. Well, let's put it this way. If she wasn't an unconventional vampire, it was definitely an unconventional vampire movie. Well, that's what it was. Okay. Because she didn't have the teeth. I mean, I we never right. saw vampire teeth. Right. So, yeah, I would say it's just really the story. The movie itself was not its typical Vampire okay. movie. All right, I feel better about that. Okay, you know, I thought about that when and I was watching also, it because well, that's what I had heard. It's not like normal vampires, but it kind of was. Well, and the other thing about that, we're going to get into this at the end of this. I worked my ass off for a six degrees for that movie, and I bet everybody thought that we skipped it because we couldn't find one. Uh-huh. Bullshit. I got one. Did you do it? No, I forgot. So we're going to do it when we do Life Forces. Oh, okay. I was thinking about it. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. I spent a shitload of time <laughs> getting that, and so we're gonna we're gonna do it, but it'll be later. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah. That's great. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, basically what happens is in this flick, uh, the lady goes around and takes the shape of different bodies by sucking their life force, kind of travels through body to body, uh, collecting these. And what what ends up happening is they're actually sending all this life force back up to their ship that's just sitting above London and orbiting the Earth at the same speed that the Earth is rotating, so it's just sticking straight up, you know. But uh, that's... (laughs) That's where, uh, that's where the fi- the final scene. You know, I guess we could get a little bit more into it. Yeah, we can. People probably have seen this, and if yeah. not, go see it. Stop. 
blood, you know, normal stuff. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, the end of this movie, I thought, was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Like Sam was saying, the middle part was a little slow where, you know, they go to find, you know, they're, they're trying to con- solve this mystery of who this woman is and what she's there for. You know, it turns out that everything they find out is basically they find out from a person who has swapped life forces with her. And uh, in doing that, you kind of can, you gain some kind of a psychic connection, and you just learn it that way. So if you know anything about her, you're basically going to be screwed because you're about to die. Unless you're Steve Rails back, and uh, then you're lucky at the end. What? No, I you don't. Just, yeah, I don't know about that. You just, oh, right. Well, the other thing is, is when you have your life force sucked all the way out of you, mm-hmm. two hours later you reanimate, and you've got to suck the life force out of somebody else. You can't swap bodies. Right. You have to suck the life force out of somebody else in order to stay alive. The, the three that came down, the, the female and the two males, are the only ones that can swap bodies. Right. So the, there's you know, giant that's plague. Right. This giant plague starts out because everybody, they, they had their life force sucked, and they had to go uh-huh. suck the life force out of other people to, to stay alive. You know, towards the beginning, there was that doctor that got his life force sucked mm-hmm. out, and they put him down. Uh, I guess it's a hospital that they're in, some kind of a hospital military type of compound. They put him down in... In, they just have this jail in the basement. It seems like they store stuff down there, but mm-hmm. then they, you know, they jail these people. Socialized medicine again. Anyway, so he's he wakes up after being a, you know dead in a zombie for two hours. Dude takes off running towards the bars, hits the bars, and just blows up yep. insane. That was that was a good that was a great. Yep, that was pretty cool too. Seemed like towards the end that uh, like the big plague. Kind of took over. Yeah, because every two hours, somebody's waking right. up and they've got to suck the life force out of somebody else. And so you see all this. Uh, and that's blue. where all the zombies were, if you ask me. Yep. And all the. Yep, exactly. So, and the blue electricity shooting up to the ship. Do you know They're, what that looked like to me? What? All that blues and red special effects that looked like the sign in Ghostbusters. Yeah, man. Yeah. It also looked like the uh, when they opened up the Ark of the Covenant. Yep. Yep. Sa- same thing. It's beautiful. <laughs> Melted face. Yeah. Great. Um, there, there is a funny part in this, though, um, right towards the end when the male vampire is stabbed with the uh, lead oh, yeah. and turns it, and you see him turn into the actual vampire. There is a reaction by Kane yeah. that is just a little bit delayed, but delayed enough that when you see it, you're just like, what the hell is that guy? <laughs> that, is just, that is just silly, yeah, but I, it's pretty funny, so watch for that. I missed that, and uh, Sam made me go back and, and watch it. It was worth it. It was definitely really Yeah, it's funny. funny. It's funny. So, the, you know, and the girl, she, the, the Carlson's going back, and, and the girl wants part of herself back. She's giving Carlson the right. part. Well, I say to that, it depends on what part you want back, because <laughs> if it's your boob, it's not coming back. <laughs> What are you gonna keep it in like a little treasure I'll put it in box? In my pocket. Oh. Oh. Just call me uh, call me Hannibal. No, I'm just yeah, I was gonna say, do you think it has the same effect? Anytime you can just pull it out and you know, was like a stress ball, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was worse than the flossing. No, oh yeah. Oh, so that's that's some good stuff. So so what do you think? What do you give it? I would I would buy this. This movie. is a buy yeah. for me. Yep, this is a this is that's where I go with I it. I would buy. You know, I I really I like this movie a lot. And I would and like I said, I would watch it over and over. It's after you watch it the first time, you know, and get all the stories. And then, you know, the thing is is the story isn't that deep. I mean, it's pretty I mean, it's don't get me wrong, it's a good story, but you know, it's not like if you miss a minute of the show, you're going to miss something, and then the rest of the show is not going to make sense to you, right. or like that. Right. But uh, I think it's a deep enough story and engaging enough to make it make it worth buying. 
But uh, this also would be fun for when, like, when I'm at home and I'm and I'm working on whatever, when I'm doing the bills or whatever, I always throw a horror movie on. And this is a good candidate for even you know if if you if you've seen it a bunch of times, like I think I could throw this one on and just watch it. Mm-hmm. Of course, unless anybody else is in the room, and because there's 20 minutes of nudity in the beginning, be <laughs> the probably the one to avoid if uh, you're with anybody else. But no, I liked it. It's a, it was it was definitely a fun ride. Yeah. So the memory count was 38. Yeah, so I barely huge. missed the X rating, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> um, and then I learned a few things from this. Uh, people who get their life force strained look like bacon, which was pretty appetizing, I thought. Yeah. That was good. <coughs> yeah. Um, that was bad. Hitchhiking can be exciting. You know, is, picking up hitchhiking, hitchhikers can be absolutely. exciting. Yeah, heck yeah. I love it. Captain Picard falls under the don't ask, don't tell policy of the military. <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe they did that. Yeah, they're, uh, if you ever want to see uh, Captain Picard almost kiss a man. He did. They actually touched lips. They lip locked. You know what? No, I had I had a measure measuring stick. No, up there. it was on. Really? It was full on. He grabbed because I thought, ah, oh, they'll show him kiss the girl, but they're not going to show him kiss John Luke. By the way, you know how I said you can miss a minute and the whole story. Well, I take it back because I must have. And that's imperative I'm for the storyline too, because it, <laughs> that lips touched. It grossed me out for the rest of the movie. All right. Um, By the way, Captain Picard, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because he's been in a lot of other shows. Like he was in the original X-Men. Doom or Dune. Oh, he was? Yeah, he was in the original Dune. Oh, I didn't know that. He's in this, and I've seen him in a couple of things. He's never as badass as he is in Star Trek. No, he is definitely the badass. I love that guy. Right. But before... I want to get all up on that bald head. Holy hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is I saw Saturday Night Live with him in it where he worked for an erotic bakery, and all he wanted to do was make cakes of females urinating. <laughs> and I'd only seen him as Captain Picard at the time, and I was like, holy crap. Really? Yeah, it was funny. Oh, that's bizarre. It was great. Um, let's see, some other stuff that I learned. Mannequins spit up blood when they get airsick. Yep, they oh, do. that was pretty good. <laughs> that, that was, that's uh, Captain Picard. Yeah, that, that was, was good. awesome. Uh, static electricity can be a bitch. That's what oh, that yeah. stuff looked like. And then uh, the last thing is, when you stab someone in the back with a sword, make sure you're not screwing them and get stabbed yourself. Yeah. Because that's that was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so we can go into a six degrees on this one. Okay. So Patrick Stewart was in X Men with Famke Jansen, mm-hmm. who was in Taken with Liam Neeson, and then uh, Liam Neeson was in Dark Man with Bruce Campbell. Cool. Now I'm going back to do my six degrees on. Oh yeah, uh, let, let the, the right, right one, one in. in because this was this was hard. Because every single person in this was in uh, was was from Sweden, right? And so I really had to go dig deep, and it it took me. I'll tell you what I had to do. I actually finally I looked up uh, names of, of Swedish actors and uh-huh. actresses, uh-huh. and I found Lena Olsen's name. So I just I gave her a call. Olin, e. Olin. So I gave her a call. I'm like, hey, listen, I loved your ass tattoo in the ninth <laughs> gate. I, I'm thinking I'd get one myself. I have a question for you, and so she told me how to do this. Not okay, kidding, great, obviously. Um, she's really nice. She's really nice. Did you show your ass tattoo? Uh, actually, I don't have one yet, but I am working on it. Karen Burquist. <laughs> I asked you if she showed you her ass Oh, yeah, she did. Yes, she did. Sorry. Um, Karen Burquist, who played Yvonne in this movie, was in a TV show in Sweden called uh, Wallander. And she was in that with uh, Krister Henriksen. And Krister Henriksen was in... A Matter of Life and Death, another Swedish movie with yeah. Lena Olin. Yeah. And she was in The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp. Oh, yep. 
who was in Once Upon a Time in Mexico with Willem Dafoe, uh-huh. who was in Spider-Man with Bruce Campbell. I went back to Spider-Man because I spent literally an hour trying, really? to, trying to link it up. I went through every actor in Invite the Right One I, In, you know what? I, Let the Right One I In. Don't, I went through every one. Yeah, that, I don't know how you did that. That's wild. That's, well, because I, I, I went to Lena Olin. Yeah. Uh, and wow. then I, I just happened to recognize something that she was in. That uh, this other guy, the Wallander. You know, sweet, I just happened to pull it Swedish up. names. It's hard for when I when I was reading the names of it's hard for me to even tell which gender they are, yeah, or anything know. like that. I have no so idea. Man. Way to go! Why? Thank you. <laughs> All right. I will not be stumped. Bring it on! I told you when we first started this crusade <laughs> that I would not be stopped, and I still issue that challenge. You may get there faster, but I'm getting there within six for every movie we watch. You know what? I don't. I don't want to mess with you. And luckily, we're not talking about Cannibal Holocaust because I don't know if I get one from there because that movie sucked. <laughs> and I'm. Gonna, what do you mean it sucked? Listen, that show. I'm telling everybody right now: do not watch that movie. Very offensive. Made me sick. Yeah. And uh, I just I had a hard time with that. And the reason I had a hard time with it was because they actually killed animals. They now I'm not a big animal guy. That's like, hey, I love. An- I don't think we yeah, should. Yeah, you, you told us a story about how about your dog that you got that you were gonna exactly was gonna exorcist exorcist yeah, oh yeah, that's on right. it. But they they behead a turtle and then they gut it. They they cut the face off a baby monkey. Ugh. And all, I mean all this stuff. And so I just. Not a big fan. Not a fan at all. I will never watch that again. No. No, I'm with you. You, you see it one time. That's all you need to see it. Oof. Every diehard horror fan has to... Me, I don't, I don't want to say has to, but I'm saying you watch it to know what people are talking about. Right. But that's it. Yep. And as a hint, all those cannibal movies are the same. Like Cannibal Ferox, Cannibal Holocaust, Jungle Holocaust. Yeah, I had Ferox in my, in my list of things that I was going to watch. I'm not Practically the same. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, I don't bother. So, so Too do, shocking. Do we want to talk about what we're going to do next week? So next week we are going to be doing horror action. It's a little bit more mainstream, the, the movies we're going to be watching. We're going yep. to watch uh, End of Days, yep. Constantine, and Underworld. So yeah. some, some pretty good movies. Again, the only, the only thing when we get into the more mainstream stuff is they're longer, but that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. So uh, what's up with the bracelets? Bracelets. Good news on the bracelets front. By the time people are downloading this, we should have them. Are they actually going to be here Friday? Uh-huh. Uh, I have a FedEx tracking number, and so this company that I this this company did not cancel my order. Thank you. Nice. And they were actually very good to work with. I gave them a call to make sure everything was going correctly, and said, "Hey, listen, I was supposed to get these on blah blah blah." And so they did this quick. They did it really quick. And uh, and there should be a link on the site that uh, you should be able to go and. Uh Purchase them right off the site. We're going to link it to PayPal, so you can, if you have a PayPal account, that'll be great. If you just want to use a credit card or whatever, you don't have to trust us. Just trust PayPal. Now, now the couple of things with this, we ordered 50. We only did 50 for the first run, um, just to kind of test the waters. So, you know. If nobody on, buys them. Yeah, if nobody buys them, we didn't want to have a whole bunch of bracelets that I'm, like, wearing around my, my junk and everything else, because I love well, my junk. I'd really love to uh, have my grandma... Wearing a love your junk. <laughs> <laughs> well, just so people know, the bracelets are going to be they're red, and on the front side it says cadaverlab or dot com says, and then on the back side it says love your junk. So you don't have to worry if you're at work or whatever, and it says love your junk. People are like, what are you talking about? So you can kind of wear that on the inside. We were actually thinking of saying love your scrotum. 
but we decided not to. <laughs> yeah, because just in case it gets turned inside out, you don't want to be having that in a business meeting. What, your scrotum or your... <laughs> <laughs> if you can turn your scrotum inside out, actually, let me let me throw this out there for people. If you love to be funny like I do, here is something that you should do. Because I did this, and I do this all the time at parties, and I actually did this on my honeymoon, scared the hell out of my wife. <coughs> what you do is it takes a little bit of exercise and stretching, but you have to work it. You just take... Take your scrotum, and you really have to, to stretch it pretty good. But if you do it right, you can flip it up over the top and hang it out the top of your pants. And so then you pull your shirt down over it so you can't see it, and you walk up to somebody and you're like, oh, you kind of bent over to make sure your shirt's, your shirt's over the top. You're like, gosh dang it. Oh, man, I hurt so bad. Oh, I'm sick. And if, you, if you're a really good actor, you can do this for like five minutes and just carry on a normal conversation. <laughs> Finally, someone's like, what is wrong with you? And you can be like, oh, I feel so sick. I, I think I've got cancer. Look, and you lift up your shirt, and you've got a big <laughs> sack hanging out over the top. It looks like a growth from your stomach. And the funny thing is, for the people who have not seen that before, they do a big double take. <laughs> they're like, what? They then, they're like, what the hell is that? And then they realize what it is. Oh, and by then, by then you've got them, and you can say, "Gotcha! I made you look at my balls." (laughs) So if anybody does that, I want to hear the story because I have used that many a time, and I'll tell you what—that gets a laugh one hundred percent of the time. One hundred percent of the time, you get a laugh. Yes. (laughs) So anyway, but uh, with the bracelets, we're going to take proceeds. Um, Some of the money is going to be used to run the website, and (laughs) we're still laughing about. We call that the cancer, um, but uh, but th- some of the proceeds are actually going to go to the uh, testicular reconstructive. <laughs> I'm serious. It's going to the testicular reconstructive company, and they will appreciate our donations. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna see how these bracelets go. Our goal is to save one thousand sacks. <laughs> Buy a bracelet. Fourteen hundred balls. 1400 balls buy a bracelet save a sack that's our that's our that's what the next round of bracelets are gonna say <laughs> buy a bracelet save a sack we should put that on the website oh that's great oh but anyway so then by at the end of next year we're gonna see you know we'll sell these all year at the end of next year we will uh we will then take a check and present it to the uh, testicular reconstructive society i think Actually, I don't think it's called that, but it's somewhere here in Utah, and they actually do that for ruptured testicles. So I'm sure that'd be appreciated. That is no that. laughing matter. No, that's serious stuff, man. Uh, we need to take a break, so we're going to add a death scene right here. Trust you to get screwed over every Is that you? Yeah, it's about friggin' time. Okay, and uh, so go ahead and get on the forums and post your guesses as to what that is. Uh, you'll see a message or a forum called Contest, and within that there's a forum called Episode 16 Kill Scene. Thanks, Florida Possum. Yeah, she. Yeah, remember how we said she sent the one in for 15? Well, technical difficulties didn't work out. 
So she she uh, sent us in this one, and it's actually going in 16. So there you go. Everybody go up and visit cadaverlab.com. You can get details for Keith Latch's uh, Sleepwalkers up there, and you'll get a link to his site. And uh, make sure to go download that. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Um, also, there are is there's a forum link up there. Go check it out. Uh, if you want to contact the show, email us at feedback at cadaverlab.com. Uh, if you want to send a voicemail, go ahead and call 206-339-2730. 206-339-2730. We sure have a lot of fun with those. Let's kick ass. So, uh, you got anything else? I don't think so. All right. I'm going to go ahead and uh, now that my, uh, my grin has been... <laughs> Working my grid. I'm glad we ended on that note after after the first couple of movies, so that's good. Anyways, uh, from the Cadaver Lab podcast, we will see you later.